This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Industry leading. Difference making. Tomorrow shaping. World changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us, and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash techcareers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future. At Deloitte. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. In this episode, I'll be once again talking to Bob Bowd, who you might have heard in several places, including TalkSport. He's a West Ham supporter, and he's on to share his thoughts on his club ahead of this match against Fulham. This is our View of the Opposition show, which is our preview for the upcoming match for Friday night. I look forward to doing the show, but before I do anything else, I have to welcome Bob back to the show. Bob, we just talked in December. Welcome back to Cottage Talk. Yeah, welcome to 2019, Russ. Hope you're okay. I am great. I wish Fulham were great, but they are not. But apparently West Ham is still doing very well, even though you are winless in the last five. So I want to get into talk about what's been going on with West Ham since the time the teams have last played. They're 10th, so they're still making progress under Manuel Pellegrini. Talk about the season. Well, we are the masters of inconsistency, to be honest. I mean, I, I quite fancy us with Manchester City aside up against any of the top six. We've had great results against Arsenal, great results against Chelsea, recently a great result against Liverpool. We seem to be able to play very well against the teams we shouldn't beat. Teams we should beat are the teams we get beaten by. And that's what's been a frustrating thing about this season. Is when we're up against the better teams, we play Rio against Liverpool. We're unlucky not to beat Liverpool. We've beaten Chelsea. We've beaten Arsenal in recent times. Those kind of games, I feel very comfortable going into because I, th- I think that we look a much better team when we're playing the teams we're not supposed to beat. 
when we play teams in the bottom half of the table, Wolves, for example, obviously they're, they're now top half of the table, they're right. above us. But but three nil at Wolves was a very 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 poor performance, and those kind of things we just cannot string a run of good performances together, and that's what's frustrating the the, the fans at the moment. We could have gone seventh in the table, we we're tenth. We could have gone seventh in the table again, we're ninth. That kind of thing. We just can't quite break into that upper echelon, the, the like the second tier, if you like of the Premier League, which we should be doing with the kind of players we've got and the style of play that we've been doing this year. The style of play has been very good. I've enjoyed actually watching West Ham under Pellegrini. And I want to bring up Wolves. I'm glad that you brought that up because they are currently seventh and you're only six points away. You're talking about what has been hindering you from getting to that point. Can you see West Ham getting to that point with players coming back who are injured? Is it possible that you can get that consistency with reinforcements? Well, there, there are a lot of players missing, as you said. We, we when people talk about their players absent, and uh, every team kind of hones in on that. But we, we've had a lot of players out. We've we've had Andy Carroll's not been fit for much of the season. We, have, we haven't seen anything of Jack Wilshire at all, apart from a, a very brief kind of cameo early in the season. Ryan Fredericks is coming back now. So that'll be a name that uh, a few Fulham fans are going. Oh, we don't want to talk about him particularly. Um, and we've we've. Uh, We've had numerous players who, who've actually not been in, in the lineup this year. If we'd had a fully fit team and he'd had his full squad to choose from, which, of course, you never have at this stage of the season, then then perhaps we would have done a little bit better. But um, th- th- there's been all kinds of things. The, the, the Marko Anatovic thing certainly has not helped either. Uh, the unsettling effect that had in January, where is he going to stay? Is he going to go? We thought he was going to be on the next plane to China. And then all of a sudden he comes back and, you know, they they come to this agreement with him that he can leave at the end of the season. That's been unsettling. That's not helped matters. I think that that around the Wolves time was a was a very bad time for us. Um, But, yeah, are we going to are we going to turn it around? Are we going to get higher up the table? I think actually where we are is probably where we'll finish. I don't think we'll we'll finish uh, any higher than 10th. But, you know, there's always a possibility if we could put a decent run together. Okay, excellent. Glad that you mentioned Ryan Fredericks. I know he uh, was dealing with an injury. What, what has been your impression so far with him at West Ham? Yeah, he's um, fitted in nicely. He's had the injury problem. He obviously didn't get many chances to shine early in the season. But in recent games, he's been looking very good. It was particularly good in the Liverpool game. And, um, yeah, I think uh, it, it takes a while for new players to win over the West Ham fans, but I think he's starting to do that now, and um, I think he's going to be an integral part of our run into the end of the season. If he can play the standard and put in the quality performance he has done up to this stage, I think West Ham fans will uh, will embrace him nicely. It's funny because we were just recently talking about this, that potentially, and I read an article, writer brought this up, that maybe Fulham have missed uh, Ryan Fredericks. I'm starting to believe that they have, and uh you know, it's uh, your gain and it's our loss because uh, the right-back position, both uh, full-back positions have been an issue. But uh, I would say the right-back position has been a, a terrible situation for Fulham. And uh, I believe that they miss Ryan Fredericks. I wish him the best with uh, West Ham, but I think Fulham do miss him. All right, Bob, let's get into this. Let's look back at the um, match earlier in the season. It's funny because uh, when I look back at it, I'm thinking it was a lost opportunity for Fulham early. but I also saw the type of team Fulham are. They make mistakes. And everything that you said about West Ham actually came true. You said that a team that could really hurt you on the break, 
they score the two goals and basically have a comfortable win. Yeah, and I, do you know what? I think it may be very similar this Friday night. Sorry to say that. Um, yeah. We we don't always play that well at home. There's, there's not a massive home advantage, which I think there has been in the past for you and there is for a lot of other teams in the Premier League. We're still kind of finding our feet to a certain extent in the London Stadium. It doesn't have that kind of invincible feel that maybe Upton Park had for all those years. But I think Friday night is kind of because we've had a bit of a layoff, of, as indeed of you, with the FA Cup. So we should be fresh. There might be a couple of players coming back into the lineup who, who've who been on the fringe recently. Um, I think, again, the start of the, the, the game could be very important from your point of view. I think that... Um, it, 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 we are so unpredictable. I, I'd really love to give you a, a chapter in versus how I see this game go. I don't see it being actually that dissimilar to the, the game back in December at Craven Cottage. I think it could be wow. very similar. It's uh, kind of scary because I can see Fulham doing a little bit of damage, controlling the play a little bit, and then you hitting us on the counter and then score a couple goals just like it happened. So I, I definitely see where you're going on that. So it should be interesting uh, this upcoming match Friday night. It's a very big pitch as well, Russ. It's a, yeah. it's a bigger bigger pitch than you got at Craven Cottage, so you've got bigger flanks and stuff like that. And it does tend to, I think, to a certain extent, suit teams who are fitter and stronger. And I think in that department, we're, we're probably ahead of you. Oh, I would totally agree with that, Fulmer. Definitely not the strongest team. But there's no question about that, Bob. All right, let me go back to you. I want to revisit this because we talked about Manuel Pellegrini the last time we talked. So I want to get your overall thoughts on him as the manager. How much of the success this season do you put down to him? I think quite a bit. Um, as I say, he rather got sidetracked and derailed a little bit by the Anatovic stuff in January, which I think he could have done without because at that stage we were just starting to get a little thing together. We were starting to get some some decent results going at that point. We'd uh, beaten Arsenal, we'd won in the Cup against Birmingham, and then we went through a bit of a slump, well, a big slump. We lost to Bournemouth, we lost to Wimbledon. That was a terrible, that was probably the worst display of the year. And again, maybe there's some question marks over our manager there, in as much as West Ham fans are big Cup traditionalists. We would love to have had a cup run this year. And, and with the way it's opened up, we could have had a cup run because we've had Millwall in the next round had we come through that and, and things were opening up for us a bit. But but I think it was one of the cases where maybe the West Ham fans questioned Manuel Pellegrini against Wimbledon. Then we had that huge defeat against Wolves. And we're thinking, OK, January from, you know, Saturday the, the 19th onwards was terrible. Three terrible results. Then all of a sudden... He's a master tactician when it comes to the big teams, as he proved against Liverpool. That was that was a, a fantastic. It was one of our best performances, if not our best performance of the season. A game that we should have won. Uh, very unlucky there. And then Palace, a game that I think we control for the most part. We get we get a draw out of. So yeah, I think for the most part that the West Ham fans are happy. You know, like like any football fans, we're never totally delirious about our manager. We always always have little question marks over things and team selection and that kind of stuff. Um, but I think for the most part, he's playing the brand of football we want to see. For the most part, he's getting the results that are keeping us in the top part of the, the season in the, in the uh, Premier League table. So, yeah, I think um, overall, um, maybe seven, eight out of ten for the season. Wow, that's pretty good there. All right, we, we talked about earlier, you mentioned that West Ham were dealing with injuries and players are coming back. I was just reading 
yesterday and today that you will have some players available. So how much of a difference could that make to the rest of your season? Well, if Lanzini comes back in, automatically we have a, a little bit more of an impact player. Uh, obviously, Anderson's been doing a great job. He's kind of been our Lanzini this year, and he is now our top scorer. You know, people talk about Anatovic. He's actually uh, scored fewer goals than has Felipe Anderson. He scored nine goals, and Anatovic scored eight. So he is now our top scorer. He's a live wire. Uh, but he get Lanzini back into the mix as well. Very key. I don't think we'll see Wilshire again this season, which is a bit sad because it, we know what he could do and has done in the past. Sam Nasri is another one who who came in with a great impact when he joined us. Um, first couple of games when he played, he, he looked fantastic. We're thinking, great. That's a great addition to our squad. He's been injured since, but if Nasri comes back in and we get uh, Lanzini back in, uh, we're a very different team. And also then... Pellegrini has so many more options of how he, he can play or wants to play and the kind of um, team formation that he wants to go with. Okay, excellent. All right, Bob, we talked about this the last time. We talked, in your view, what are the strengths and weaknesses for West Ham heading into this match? Yeah, it hasn't really changed as far as I'm concerned. Set pieces we are dreadful from. Uh, the stat came up, I think, in the, the last game against uh, the last live game that we had against Liverpool from corners and set pieces we're just not very good and um but we are now getting better at scoring them which is the important thing like we did against liverpool um yeah still set plays set pieces where we're most vulnerable that's where you're going to catch us out that's where something uh, like uh, mitrovic can catch us out maybe Sherlock can catch us out those kind of people um and but we we do have options lots of good options going forward and, uh, and obviously our big thing of this year has been the emergence of Declan Rice, who's been absolutely astonishing. Excellent. I am telling you, this boy is going to be one of the best midfielders or wherever they wish to put him, one of the best midfielders in Europe. Wow. He, he, uh, that, that is my assertion. He is so comfortable on the ball. Now, remember, he, he has just turned 20 years of age. He looks, I mean, and he hasn't played that much for us in the first team. He looks so assured, so comfortable this guy will play for England a lot now. He's, now he's nailed his colours to the mast to play for England. This guy will play for England a lot, providing he remains fit. And we'll do very well to hold on to him because he is that good. Wow. Very interesting there, Bob. All right. Let's talk about key players for West Ham against Fulham. I just mentioned to, to you this off air. You were Nostradamus, so uh, I'm a little bit mm. nervous about asking you this question here because you predicted key players would be Felipe Anderson and Robert Snodgrass, and they both were integral in the uh, 2-0 victory against uh, Fulham. So who are your key players this time? Well, yeah, I, I kind of go along the same route. It'd be interesting to see what he does with Anatovic, because I think since all the hiatus in January, he's gone with Hernandez rather than Anatovic. Anatovic coming off the bench. How long Anatovic will stand for that, of course, is something else. Um Hernandez has started to show a little bit more form now. He scored five goals this season. Still not quite the return we want from him. But I think he might cause you, if he goes with that option, if he goes Hernandez as the starting man up front, I think he might cause you some problems on Friday night. The other names that you already mentioned will. But just watch for Declan Rice to, to, to kind of pull all the strings in midfield because he and Noble... I've got a really good understanding now. The Noble obviously isn't the quickest now because he's, he's kind of getting to that age in his career. But 
you know, he's got the brains and Rice has got the kind of smarts and also has got the attributes in terms of making things happen very quickly in midfield. So um, I would say that the two guys to watch out for, if it goes with that, will be Hernandez and Declan Rice. Okay, excellent. Bob, just earlier I was watching a classic match between Fulham and West Ham. And it's so funny because who am I watching with West Ham? Scott Parker and Mark Noble. Yes. Yes, Scott Parker, um, obviously, who, uh, who, who graced... Uh, the 2009-2010 season. Yeah. Now, I was, I was looking back at the stats to see when you last beat us at, um, at home, and it was 2001. In fact, wow. you beat us twice that year. Um, so, yeah, the last um, victory for Fulham um, at, obviously, in those days it was um, Upton Park, uh, was was uh, 2001. I'm trying, trying to find the uh, details on my little screen here as I'm talking to you. Yep, it was 2-0 uh, in November 2001. And um, that year you also beat us uh, in uh, Division 2 as was. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah, ni- 1980 bits in Division 2, 2001. Sorry, 2001 you beat us in the Premier League by two goals to nil. So, um, so it, it is long overdue from your point of view. Okay, excellent there, Bob. All right, up next, I'll be asking Bob his thoughts on Fulham. Okay, Bob, let's now transition. Let's now talk about Fulham ahead of this match. And let's now talk once again about Claudio Ranieri. I mentioned to you off air, it just hasn't worked under Ranieri. Are you surprised that things haven't gotten better underneath him? Well, I, I expected it to be a kind of immediate new manager bounce. That's normally what you get when he comes in. Um, but I'm just astonished by when you, when you consider his track record and what he's done with clubs he's been with before, I was absolutely astonished to look at the league table and see how many goals you conceded. Now, I, I knew that you, you conceded a few, but I didn't realize you conceded 58 in 26 games. That is very unranieri like Yep. Didn't happen at Leicester, didn't happen at Chelsea, hasn't happened pretty much anywhere else he's been. So I'm not quite sure why the dynamic is the way it is at Fulham. Uh, obviously, it's not his team. No, it's not. He, he, he's inherited somebody else's team. And he's trying to make that work. Now, I just looking at his kind of post-match demeanor, what he's saying, it's almost like, well, I, I, I basically got the wrong tools for this job. I don't have the players I really want here, but I'm kind of stuck with them and I'm trying to make things happen. And I think it's basically square peg round holes. You just read my mind. I was just about to say that, Bob. That's exactly what's going on with Fulham. That yeah, he just doesn't have the players he wants. Uh, Maybe he's not getting the best out of the players he should get the best out of. Um, Would you expect Mitrovic to have more than 10 goals at this stage of the season? I think I would. To be yep. honest, um, you know, all right, he, he, he'll be the top scorer on show on, on Friday night, whatever. Um, but I kind of think, well, why has he not scored more? Uh, and, and and why have you had these kind of little strange debates about people taking penalties and stuff like that? It does to me. It just doesn't give me an overall feel that it's a, it's a very together unit. To be honest. And that's kind of the problem there. There's no unity, and I'm glad that you said that, Bob, because. The two things that have happened is the lack of togetherness with a team playing as a unit. And secondly, I would have to say that there's no identity for this team. Under Jokanovic, we had an identity. You, you knew who they were. It was a possession-based team, and they all played together. This team, 
they're trying to play under Ranieri. I'm not saying that they're not trying for him, but I just don't think they're on the same page with him, if that makes any sense, Bob. I do think it's square pegs and round holes. I think also what you've got to take into account is the different way the championship is played to the way the Premier League is played. Yeah. Uh, just look at it this season. You've got the top four separated by about four points, I think it is. Uh, it, it's a it's a very different league. It's a it's a very different standard. It's a more wide open, maybe a bit more gung ho. Uh, the championship. It's very different to bring that style of play, that open, expansive, attacking style of play, into the Premier League. Unless you're Manchester City, it's very difficult to do that if you're a team that's expected to be in the bottom half of the table. Yeah. And I think and I think that kind of culture shock, which I think it has been for a lot of the players coming from the championships to the Premier League and realizing, oh, it's, it, it's a different start, a different quality. They have found that adjustment really, really difficult. I mean, I, I say I, I look down the table. The, 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 the stats aren't great right across the board. Right. And, and I'm surprised because I, I thought you would, yeah, I didn't expect you to, to blaze a trail like Wolves are doing, but I did expect you to hold your own. Uh, and the fact that you're, you've, you're minus 33 on goal difference, you've conceded 58, you've only scored 25 and 26. You know, it's, it's all the things I really didn't expect to see from a Fulham team. It's very disappointing, Bob. And uh, what you said about the expansive play in the championship and coming to the Premier League, it's all warranted. And I, I agree with you on that. And I thought that Jokanovic, when he came in, he would be able to adjust his style to play expansive when he could against certain opponents and, and have to learn that he has to play differently against the top six and, and certain other opponents. But it just didn't work out that way. I, I If you're just asking me, I thought they gave up on Jokanovic too yeah, soon. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I think they pulled the shoot far too early. And, far right, too early on that. Right. And because I thought, and again, this is just my opinion, that he was starting to learn how to adjust to play against the Liverpools. And then that's when they pulled the plug right after Liverpool. And I just did not understand that because I saw improvement. I saw, okay, maybe he's finally getting it. Maybe Jokanovic is finally getting it. He cannot play this way against Manchester City, against Liverpool, he can adjust. I mm. saw the adjustment, and then they pulled the plug. And that, to me, was a decision that I still, to this day, don't agree with, Bob. Nothing against Claudio Ranieri. I understand why they brought him in. I just don't agree with uh, pulling the plug when they did. All right. Let's get a little bit further into this. What players concern you from a West Ham perspective on full? Well, again, I, at the risk of sounding like I'm repeating what I said in December, Mitrovic does because he's strong, he's powerful, he's inventive, he can make things happen. But I think our midfield has, has been our kind of shining light this year. Yep. Our midfield has started to re really mesh together, starting to work together very well. I think they'll cancel him out to a certain extent. Uh, I think um, provide to me... He he still looks pretty much your only big threat to us for Friday night. I don't, I don't see the creativity around him really causing us too much problem, if indeed there is any creativity, which I haven't seen a lot of in, in your recent games, I have to say. So uh, it's an obvious one because he has scored 10 goals and he's got two assists this year. Um, but, you know, if, if we stick a man on him or, or, or keep him quiet and try and work him out, 
on the flanks and try and keep him wide all the time. Don't just don't let Mitrovic go central because when he goes central and bombs on and gets the edge of the box, he's a, he's a real danger. If we if we can keep him isolated on the flanks, I think um, that's job done really. I agree with that, Bob. It's funny. I was just about to go into matchups and. Uh... I was going to ask you, Fulham's attack versus West Ham's defense. I think you pretty much uh, described what you need to do. I'm talking about from a West Ham perspective there, and I think I would uh, give West Ham the advantage. Would you when Fulham are attacking? Yeah, I say, you know, your your best hope is definitely from set pieces, though. If you can get a few free kicks or corners and things like that, um, we're still not terribly adept. Um, But what we do have is... um, a brilliant goalkeeper. Oh, and, the, and the, he's somebody I've not actually mentioned this far. Yes. Um, uh, who's been absolutely outstanding this season. And, um, you know, again, when he came in, people going, well, he's, he's come from Swansea. How good was he at Swansea? They went down. Why, why are we basically signing a, a guy who's only good enough for the championship? He has been absolutely outstanding. So, Whilst our defence has been a little bit wayward at times, to put it mildly, he has been absolutely outstanding. So, so if you want to class him as part of our defence, I would say he's the guy you're going to get past every single time. Okay, excellent, Bob. All right, we're going through matchups now. Let's flip it. West Ham's attack versus Fulham's defence, and uh, unfortunately, I saw how this played out the first mm. time. It was pretty ugly with uh, two very good opportunities for West Ham. They basically cut form wide open. What are your thoughts about this matchup? Yeah, um, I say we don't know yet what the lineup's going to be from a West Ham point of view. Will he go with Hernandez? Will he go with Anatovic? Um, y- your big worry is our top scorer, I think, because Anderson will have you on toast. He he just skins defenses like Fulham. He scares me. Well, because he's got pace, he's direct, he can shoot from inside the box, outside the I mean, Most of the goals he's scored for us have been from kind of uh, 20-yard range, really. Uh, he, he doesn't tend to score too many tap-ins. They tend to be quite spectacular goals when he scores them. So... And you found he goes down the left. You, he, it's, he is a very, very hard man to stop. And um, he's really got the bit between his teeth. He, he was brilliant in the Liverpool game, uh, pretty good in the Palace game. He, he's really coming into his own now. And I think he's actually playing better now than he was when he played you in December. And that's the worrying thing from a, from a Fulham perspective, is if you can't keep Anderson quiet, we're looking at probably 3-0 rather than 2-0 this time. Oh, boy. Not looking forward to that, my friend. Hopefully that won't happen. We'll see. Now let's talk about central midfield. You've already talked about how dominant West Ham has been. I'm sure you're going to give them the advantage here. Yeah, I would because I, I think that, that has been the outstanding part of the West Ham formation this year. And obviously Declan Rice has come in. Mark Noble, I think, is again having an astonishing season because he's the guy that everybody writes off going, oh, he's got no legs anymore. And this, uh, His... Pass conversion rate is fantastic. Uh, he's now off the mark. He scored his penalty. So he's actually scored now, I think, in, in 13 consecutive seasons for West Ham. Um, so he, he's, he's, he's looking as good as I think he ever has done uh, and is working so well with, with the likes of Snodgrass, with the likes of Declan Rice. Um, yeah, I'm afraid midfield for midfield. Um, actually, I, to be honest, in Take aside maybe that the, the cities of this world may be united to a certain extent and maybe uh, possibly possibly Spurs as they're playing at the moment. Our midfield, I think, is about as good as any in, the, in that division. 
I'm not going to disagree with you. I've watched a good amount of West Ham matches. It's uh, been impressive in central midfield, so I'm glad that you brought that up. All right, we have to talk about the coaches. We've already mentioned both of them. Who has the coaching advantage? Um, I think we do, and it's because he's starting to get his team. Again, yeah, not we're not playing consistently well enough, but we're, we're putting enough decent performances that gives me a lot of encouragement and optimism for the rest of the season. I just don't know where the optimism or the the uplift is going to come from from Ranieri. I just don't, I'm afraid. And, and I, unfortunately, he looks rather hangdog himself. Like, he's taken on a, a job that he's really not capable of turning around. It's really sad to watch. You know, it's it's hard, Bob, to watch a team you love deteriorate in front of you, your face, you know, because that's what's yeah. been going on. We've been through it. Hey, listen, we've been through it. We, we, we were the... Uh, the yo-yo team for for many years. You know, yeah. West Ham would be in the top yeah. league, and they go down, they come back up, and they go down. I think I think we've hopefully gone past that stage now. But but we've been through that, so it's 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 not a rare commodity from our point of view. We saw that for many many years. So so we I think we can empathise and we know where you're coming from. And it's a case of rather you than us, really. In this case, I understand, Bob. It's just it's re- really been hard to watch after. Going to uh, Wembley, I was there for this match. And then, you know, we're talking six months later, here we are. It's like uh, you couldn't be farther from that match, you know, uh, the championship final. And the way Fulham were then to where they are now, it's... Especially when you see what Wolves have done. I think think that that kind of makes you feel worse as you've come up with Wolves and you can see what they have managed to do this year and that they're on the verge of getting a European place next year. And you're kind of thinking, well, why couldn't we do that? It's funny you mention that, Bob, because I've given that a lot of thought, and uh, I'll just mention my thoughts on Wolves. Wolves had an advantage that Fulham didn't have, and that's uh, George Mendes. Let's be honest here. Yep. You know, they had a feeder system there. He was bringing them players. Yes, yeah, so if you're an agent, basically looking after your team, it's not a bad thing, is it? Yeah, you know, and the players that he was bringing in the championship, they were Premier League players then. Mm. So. I think that gave them an advantage. You know, they had the right manager. You know, um, he's an excellent manager. And I think they have a lot of advantage. So, and unfortunately, in in Fulham's case, we had so many players that were loan players. I think that also came back to bite us as well. We were built a a decent amount by loan. So now you're building a brand new squad and we're – you have Wolves that really they just were adding to what they already had. And uh, so I give them a lot of credit. I, I do. And uh, I look at them and I'm, you know, obviously not happy with what I've seen from Fulham, but I understand where they got, where they, where they are. They they deserved it. They bought that team. They brought them up from the uh, championship and they built it a certain way and it's uh, paid off for them. And unfortunately, the amount of money Fulham have paid, it has not paid off. All right. All right, Bob, let's get to talking about my section of predictions. Let's start with what does West Ham need to do to win this match? Just build on what they did last time round and um, give the home fans something that they need, which is a a good home win because, um, all right, the Arsenal game was brilliant. Uh, the Liverpool performance was not bad. In fact, I'd say you highlighted the fact that we haven't won too many recently. Home form has actually been really good. The draw against uh, Liverpool... Uh, we we be Arsenal. Our last two home games in the Premier League have been uh, been been very impressive performances, and before that, the uh, FA Cup against Birmingham. So it, it's kind of continuing 
is, is kind of maybe laying this bogey to rest that the West Ham have not really made the big adjustment to the London Stadium yet, and for them to 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 kind of go against what I was saying earlier in our conversation about not putting the the teams at the bottom of the table to bed and putting them out of sight. And it's something we haven't done conclusively, kind of this so far, isn't it? It's well, sorry, Russ. I'm sorry. Isn't this kind of a test then to see if you yeah. have? Absolutely, but yeah, but we, we've just come back from. They've just been in Spain um, for a, a little kind of either recovery or, or I'm never quite sure w- quite why managers do this because I think it's almost in a way uh, players go there and think it's like a mini holiday in the middle of a season. But anyway, they, they've been there for a, for a little mid-season camp and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully they're back refreshed. They haven't played for a, for a while now, so. Um, that there should be no tiredness. Same applies to both teams, of course, but there should be no tiredness. Uh, you'll, you'll be playing on a, a, a complete snooker table of a pitch. Absolutely, probably one of the best surfaces there is in the Premier League. So it, it should allow for expansive, open, entertaining football, which I know you want to play as well, whether Mr. Ranieri will allow you to do that or not, because I, I think he's going he, he, well, to step to, to, yeah. to, to, to minimise the damage, obviously. But I, I, I think... Uh, I'm I'm pretty confident. I'm not often very confident going into a home game against anybody, to be absolutely honest. But I I'm, I have an awful feeling from your point of view, Russ. It could be a three 0 Okay, very good. Well, let me get your opinion. How did Fulham win this match? How did they beat West Ham? Um, they basically lock West Ham in the dressing room. All right, all right. So that's pretty. Profound. Uh, your thoughts on this? Okay. I actually, I actually can't say. I, I think uh, honestly, I'm, I'm trying to be as objective as I can I be know, here. I uh, and I think if you can get a draw out of this, it will be a really good performance. And score goals on set pieces because Fulham have improved on set yeah. pieces. Yeah, I, I think set pieces. That is, it. we're definitely vulnerable there. That is our Achilles heel, definitely. And if you can get a couple of, you know, free kicks early on or corners. Yeah. Um, you know, if Fabianski doesn't deal with it, our defense don't deal with it very well. So, so you have a chance to do that. All okay. right, I'm, 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 I'm going to be a bit more um, chivalrous, if chivalrous is the right word. I, I'll give you a go. I'll say three-one for Friday. Okay, three-one. Okay, so three-one. Yeah. All right, Bob. My prediction is going to be two-nil to West okay. Ham. I'm, I'm going to go for the reverse. You've already convinced me. You, you think it's going to be similar, so I'm going to say two-nil. You're going to get a clean sheet, and uh, I just don't see. Fulham winning this match from it. I, I hope they prove me wrong. I'm I'm not feeling good about it right now. And like you mentioned, this is a match for West Ham to show that they had step. So they're going to want to w- get all three points. This is a, a big match for them in a way. It's obviously a huge match for Fulham. Mm. All right. Great stuff, Bob. Listen, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Pleasure, Russ. And uh, well, let's keep our fingers crossed that maybe the miracle can happen and uh, you can find uh, nine points from somewhere and overtake the likes of Cardiff and Southampton. But, you know, I'm, I'm afraid this might be our last chat for a while. It might be, Bob. It's actually looking that way. But like you said, you never know. There was a great escape. It would have to be a bigger great escape this time around because it doesn't look good for Fulham. But like you said, hey, things can happen. All right. Well, listen, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my guest, Bob Ballard, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. 
Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.